following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Broken Helmet. Let's rock. And coming to you live on tape on this April 28th, 2022. And if that is the date on your newspaper, not that anybody reads those fucking things anymore. But if you did pick it up and that was the date, that means that we have arrived at... The 2022 NFL Draft. That's right, we have waited all this time. We have gotten through... The beginning stages of free agency, actually all of free agency, there might be still some left uh, in us, but we've made all the coaches changes, we've done free agency, and now we have arrived at the big Thursday night draft celebration, which crazy to think about it because growing up I remember sitting on in my bed in my room, tuning in Saturday, getting ready for the first round, watching all day Saturday, that turned into Sunday. And that's what it was. It was just kind of a weekend thing, and you hung out if you were a big, avid NFL fan. You just kind of watched it on your side. There was no watch parties. You know, maybe eventually, you know, you called one of your friends that was a fan of your team and said, hey, you know, uh, is uh, blah, blah, blah home? And if they were, uh, you know, the the mother or father would pass off the phone and be like, oh, shit, we got him. You know, you see, we we picked him up. Uh, You know, we got Trey Trey Evans, Shit, the, the guy from the Colts. I was trying to go for a fucking... Uh, th- that's what happens. You know, sometimes you plan out a, a big joke and then you just completely forget the guy's name. So I was trying to go uh, all the way back to the year of 1994 and pretending I was a Colts fan, picking up the phone, and then telling my uh, f- friend, who is also a Colts fan, that we happened to get the great Trev Alberts. But I said Trev Edmonds, and I'm mixing up fucking decades apart from each other. But anyway, point being that it's come a long way from the old days of just sitting and watching it by yourself into what it is now, which is just a crazy voluminous amount of draft everything. I mean, ESPN has been doing a mock draft now, I feel, for like 48 hours. It's just nonstop. And because there are 8 million podcasts and websites and now, with gambling, you can, you know, factor that times two. I, there is just so much draft shit out there that it's enough to drown you. In If you were sitting out in a sea of draft stuff, you would just sink and just choke on all of the draft water. That's what would happen. That's how much there is out there right now. So I'm not going to give that to you. Uh, <laughs> just talking about it because it happens to me today. But, uh, you know, it, the draft is a little bit... Jump the shark. You know, it's come a long way. It's funny that thinking back again to, you know, decades, years past, you know, I I still remember when Mel Kuyper came up and Mel Kuyper, before the internet era, you know, carved out a niche for himself doing this whole draft thing. And I, it was Todd McShay, right, recently that they brought along in the past 10 years that kind of uh, went toe-to-toe with them. And everybody was like, oh, man, they're trying to fade out Mel Kuyper, you know. Well, it doesn't last forever, right? You know, <laughs> Boomer isn't even on NFL coverage anymore. I mean, he still does the right the fastest three minutes on Monday Night Football. But, you know, NFL primetime is 
and you know himself, and uh, you know he did it all on his own. And to think back that one of the big things about him coming up was people used to shit on him, right? It's the beginning stages of trollism, if you will. So he would come out, he would do his thing, and then everybody that hated him or was jealous or envious, whatever it was, would just take a big giant dump all over Mel Kiper. And I was going to 94 before with my, I'm not going to say Trey Edmonds again, because that would make no sense, but the Trev Alberts. Uh, joke because I was watching, I think it was uh, something on Twitter, and I think it was Funhouse, uh, the Funhouse account, and they posted Bill Polian going after Mel Kuyper, saying, who the hell is this Mel Kuyper guy? You know, this this fucking guy doesn't know his ass from his elbow. And uh, at the time, it was 1994, and Kuyper was all bent out of shape because, well, he wasn't bent out of shape, but he was saying the Colts suck and they suck year after year because they make picks like this. When they need a quarterback and Trent Dilfer is on the board, they go and they pick Trev Alberts, who lasted all of two fucking years. So he was right in that regard. But then again, I mean, Trent Dilfer, you know, it's nothing to write home about, right? I mean, it was it was a quarterback that got through, obviously won the one Super Bowl with the Ravens, which everybody puts on the defense more than him. He starts off his career with Buccaneers. You know, not a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, had a nice little career. He's soured his brand a little bit in recent past, right? There was a video just recently of him yelling at kids. He does these quarterback camps and all this shit. Whatever it is. But anyway. So, you know, that was Mel Kuyper in 94 coming up, getting shit on. And the funny thing is, is that he did it. I mean, he made a brand for you know, with his name for himself doing the draft. And what's remarkable about it is that he did so on a a product that is basically a 50-50 bet. It really is. And that's kind of what's crazy to me. From an entertainment purpose, the draft has always been fantastic. However, when you look back at certain years, I mean, it is just all a crapshoot. Stick with 94. You're right. Trev Albert stunk on ice. He was terrible, right? He was fucking awful. But Kuiper was going on and on and on about Trent Dilfer. And it was like, I mean, Trent Dilfer was okay. If Trent Dilfer goes to the Colts, are they an infinitely better team? Uh, Probably not. And then if you want to go through the 94 draft, and I'm picking a random season only because it was related to the Twitter highlight that I see, that I saw, that I see, uh, that that I see. I'm going to speak in all different tenses here and fuck everybody up. So that 94 draft, we'll just go through it. I, here's the draft. There are whole fam- famers in this draft, you know, and, and I'll name them. But here we go. One on Dan Wilkinson, Marshall Falk, Hall of Famer there. there you got one right there. So Heath Schuler, <laughs> Willie McGinnis. I'll give you one. Uh, Trev Alberts. No, that's what I meant. Trent Dilfer. Uh, give him the thing. Uh, Bryant Young. Sam Adams. Mm, uh, Antonio Langenheim. No. Jamar Miller. John Theory. Aaron Glenn. Joe Johnson. Uh, yeah, I'm giving Joe Johnson. Well, uh, I'll give him the thing. Uh, Bernard Williams. Wayne Grady. Aaron Taylor, 
Charles Johnson. Eh, he was a wide receiver. He should have been better. Uh, Dwayne uh, Washington. He played well. Uh, Todd Stussy. He was awesome. Uh, Tim Bowens. He was good, too. Uh, Johnny Morton. Uh, give it to him. Uh, Rob Fredrickson, linebacker. Eh, he played long enough. Uh, Shante Carver. Oh, that was a brutal one. Uh, Thomas Lewis. Greg Hill. Henry Ford. Jeff Burris. Uh, I don't want to get anything. Uh, William Floyd. Oh! He was great only because he had a fantastic nickname. Can anybody guess it? Anybody? I'm putting you on the clock. Somebody give me William Floyd, fullback, out of Florida State. His nickname was... Bar none. Fantastic fucking nickname. Bar none. Also a great candy bar for uh, candy enthusiasts out there. Uh, end of round one after William Floyd. It was Derek Alexander, wide receiver. He was... Eh, so point being is that, I mean, all of this shit, uh, you know, in hindsight, it, it just ends up being, you know, 50-50 guys. Now, you had Hall of Famers after that in the second round. You had... Isaac Bruce uh, for the Rams. He was in the second round. Kevin Maway, center for Seattle, but he ended up having that huge stretch with the Jets. Um, he was a Hall of Famer. Uh, Larry Allen from Dallas, phenomenal guard. He was a Hall of Famer. They all came in the second round. Uh, that's all you're going to get in Hall of Famers for this year. Let's see if there's anybody uh, else solid in that second uh, round that I'm looking at here uh, that played forever. Marcus Spears, you know, uh, he was drafted by Chicago. He played a while. It was pretty solid. Charlie Garner. Oh, man. Fantastic. Uh, well, I don't know about fantastic running back, but definitely a fantastic uh, fantasy player for people that have a long history in the fantasy game. Um, you know, Larry Allen we covered. Uh, Kevin Mitchell is right. Uh, Buster Oh, Seahorn. Seahorn's great, and he blew his knee out. So that was unfortunate for him. But anyway, you get the picture. And you could go through every single year uh, doing this same routine. Nowadays, though, obviously, it's for all content, right? We are in a content era. We need content more than we need air. I mean, if we don't have content, then we all lose our fucking minds. And now since, you know, we're also in the era of individualized content where we don't like to, you know, watch, listen, what other people listen to. We like to do what we like to. So we are the ultimate judge and we are the ultimate editor of what we listen to, right? There is no overseeing hand. I, you know, that's the reason that my kids watch all kinds of random shit on YouTube because there's no editorial individual that's sitting out there being like, you know what? These two kids wearing pastel colors, just screaming in the microphone and on the camera is not really good content. That doesn't happen. It just gets made, thrown up into the net, and if the kids watch it, it's fantastic, and they, they love it. Same thing here with the, the NFL draft, right? People want to make the content. They put it up there. Obviously, there's you know big corporations that are putting out paid-for content, unlike this fucking podcast, which is all for fun for me. Um, but there is just so much out of it now that ultimately we're going to get through tomorrow night, and then... The next morning, on Friday morning, what we're going to get to tonight, sorry. And then the next morning, you're going to have tons of content all about this first round. And there's still going to be six more rounds to do. 
I mean, it's just nonstop, right? So for me, I love the draft. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to shit on it. I am not trying to rip everybody that covers it. It's all in good fun, and I truly enjoy it. I'm just not going to do it today because over my lifetime, I feel like what I have seen is that it's a fun thing to watch. You have no clue what the results are going to be. Some people get hurt in, in, in training camp. So let's see the drafts. Let's see what you know, trades might happen, and when it's all said and done, let's look ahead to training camp, which obviously has now become also kind of a, uh, not a figment of our imagination, but it definitely has lost any of the relevancy it used to have, but we need it anyway, so we look toward that week one date, and we got to go through the training camp to get there, so, um, but tomorrow night is probably... The best night you're going to get for NFL events, uh, you know, or NFL content in, I mean, probably till week one, if you think about it like that, right? Because after tomorrow, you know, you get the next two, the next rounds of the draft over the next uh, Friday, Saturday. And then after that, you know, it's going to be a big lull. Then they're going to start up camps. And you're going to go through the preseason, which, like I said, is just a joke nowadays because nobody ever plays. So after today, it's basically week one and the kickoff of the NFL season. So enjoy it while it is, and uh, then we're going to have a nice long break. I'm, I'm Actually, I took my break. I, I haven't been on the microphone in, shit, uh, four weeks, almost a month. And I said last time when I was talking about the um, the uh, the assistant of the assistant offensive coordinator position that was just created by the NFL. That was what I did the whole podcast about. I said, oh, I was going to do all this stuff about a uh, free agency and I'll do it tomorrow or do it this week. <laughs> that was four weeks ago. So, but, so I got to wake my ass up uh, as well. Uh, so I'm going to have fun with today, uh, tomorrow, and then I'll try to talk a little bit about it. I'll probably end up being a complete hypocrite, hop on the microphone and talk about the NFL draft because shit, why not? Right. I mean, got nothing better to do. It's a fun event. Let's talk about it. So anyway, what I want to do today though, since we're getting ready for the start of the NFL draft, is just to take a look back at everything that has happened with free agency and the results of what we had put toward us and our teams so that we could figure out where the hell we are. So figured first down, we'll look at uh, all the player movement, people with the new teams, people that stayed in their teams. Second down, we'll check out team items, right? And, and we'll try to go through and pick out teams that actually had a significant strategy that they threw out there through free agency. Third down, we'll do some thematic items. And then fourth down, we'll look at where we all stand once the dust settles, right? So uh, figure it's a good plan. We'll see how it works out. Let's kick it off and head right into first down. First down. First down. All right, so we start off with all the players that went to new teams. And to start off with, we talked about some of this already in the State of the Union address, the uh, the first uh, podcast of the season. And so Russell Wilson, he went to Denver. We all know it. He got traded. Carson Wentz, he got traded out to the Commanders. And so then we started off with all the other big names. And we'll keep with the quarterback theme since we started off with Wilson and Wentz, who had already gotten traded before we got going here. So, um, and that was a really clunky fucking start to the- <laughs> 
<laughs> down. It's just, I mean, what? I didn't expect that at all. Game over, man. Game over. Oh. You're a stupid asshole. That's exactly what he is. So, like I was saying, um, after the Wilson and Wentz trades, uh, Deshaun Watson was the big trade. And, I mean, this... This guy got fucking paid, right? And it happened on both ends because the the Browns ended up giving a lot and then they're going to pay him out a lot. So the Browns, to get the rights to Deshaun Watson and get him traded over from Texans, they are going to give Houston their, their first pick and their fourth pick in 2022. That's going to be the 13th pick this year. They're going to give them a first and a third next year, and then they're going to give them a first and a fourth in 2024, right? So they're going to be out three first round pick, three first round picks. Then they're going to be out a fourth, a third, and a fourth. So two fourths and a third. So Watson's going to come there. Browns are also going to turn around. They're also going to trade for Amari Cooper. So they decide, look, we're done with Baker Mayfield. He's fucking out. And we're going to get Watson because how often do you ever get a 25-year-old quarterback that is basically available for the world to have if you can put together you know, a uh, you know, package that has Houston interested? Browns came up with the best one. Watson decided to agree, and so the deal took place. Now, on the flip side, Watson goes into Cleveland and gets fucking paid. It's party time, baby. Because he goes in there, and he gets a five-year deal, 230, fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed contract. Now, this turned the entire NFL podcast world on its head. And rightfully so, because as everybody knows, when one person signs a contract, everything becomes relative. So all the future contracts after that are going to have to match Watson's. So Watson signing this fully guaranteed deal is going to have ripple effects in the NFL contract waters for years to come. And you already saw it when you saw the Tyreek Hill trade later on because he turned around and then he got paid in big guaranteed money too. So anyway, so Watson goes to the Browns. They bring Cooper over. So now they've got Watson and Cooper, a nice little tandem. They lost Landry, uh, let him walk. But anyway, that was the big move for for Cleveland. And so that was the third quarterback we talked of. Matt Ryan, he ends up getting traded to the uh, Colts. They're going to give a 2022 third-round pick. Colts just trade away picks for quarterbacks. Eventually, they'll get the shit right. So this year, they're going to give up a third for Matt Ryan. They're going to give him, uh, they're going to take him from the Falcons and see if he will do better with the horseshoe on his helmet. Marcus Mariota flips around. He's going to fill in that void left by Matt Ryan in Atlanta. He's going to come, obviously, he was backing up Carr in uh, Oakland, not Oakland. I keep saying Oakland. I actually wrote down (laughs) Raiders later on in my show sheet here and I wrote down OAK. Uh, Anyway, so Mariotta is going to go from Las Vegas over to Atlanta and see if he can be a bridge, the bridge quarterback to whoever they come to fill in there. Maybe he has some success. It's going to be goddamn fucking impossible with the lack of talent they have on that offensive roster. They just don't have talent. I'm sorry. I mean, it, it's all gone. I mean, if you had anything, I, I look, Cordell Patterson had a nice season. Um, I, 
you were hoping for Calvin Ridley to return. That's not going to happen, obviously, because he got a case of the fucking gamblies and uh, decided to do some crazy parlays, which, uh, you know, I know, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in one of the other podcasts. Obviously, you can't remember when you do podcasts a month apart from each other, but a little ridiculous. He had to get suspended, obviously, because, uh, you know, of the risk factors involved. And you just, if you're going to embrace gambling the way that the NFL is, the way that America is, you, you can't have have vested interests involved in the gambling anyway. It just can't happen. So uh, he does a little dumberoo move, and he will be on the sidelines. And point being, Marcus Mariota is not going to have really much to, to play with there in Atlanta. So then we go to, like, teams that started adding big people. And, I, and well, I mean, we talked about teams, but like thematically, the next couple will be teams that added multiple people, starting off with their biggest fish, and that was Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, coming from Green Bay. Green Bay paid out Aaron Rodgers. They were not going to pay out Devontae Adams. You know what? Devontae Adams is awesome. I think he is a fantastic player. Uh, obviously, if you're a fantasy player, he has been phenomenal for eons. However, he's old. Uh, you hate to say it, but he's old. And he has had seasons where he's been banged up before. Not to say that he is ultimately going to get banged up soon because he's old, but the risk factor is there. So if you uh, if you have a short-term need for a wide receiver, you could make a play for Devontae Adams. If you're trying to rebuild or do something in the longer term, a Devontae Adams doesn't make any sense. I mean, it really doesn't. And so I thought he would be best served staying in Green Bay, but they didn't want to take that risk, right? They Obviously, they have some kind of idea behind what they're going to do with the wide receiver position and that they don't need somebody like Devontae Adams. <laughs> they just signed Sammy Watkins. That motherfucker ain't the guy. But uh, they'll get somebody else. But anyway, point being here is that really the play for Devontae Adams makes sense if – uh, you, you know, you have short-term, you know, goals where you could reach the promised land. I don't know if that's it for the Raiders, um, but they they made a big play here. So on top of giving a 2022 first-round pick and a second-round pick to Green Bay, and those will be picks 22 and 53 in the upcoming draft, they also turned around inside Devontae Adams to big monster money. How much money exactly? Well, let me just pull it up. And it was five years, one. 40, 65 guaranteed. Now, obviously, that guarantee number is going to get uh, thumped uh, coming up when uh, Tyreek Hill gets talked about. But so Devontae Adams go to the Raiders. Raiders turn around. They also sign Chandler Jones. They uh, sign Nichols at the end. Uh, they trade for Rockison. They sign Anthony Everett. They sign Kyle Fackerel. I, I can't believe Fackerel gets this much play. I mean, obviously, I, I pass rushers and players that can put pressure on. Uh, is there any other play? You just said pass rushers and players that can put pressure on. It's the same fucking player, dude. Uh, anyway, I can't believe that Fackerel is still continuing to get play in this league like he is. But uh, he is. And then they had the big monster signing of Max Crosby. So they went out and, and I mean, you know, if you want to talk about a team that spent some cash, uh, you know, they did it here with the Raiders because Max Crosby ended up getting a four-year deal, 94 total and 53 guaranteed. So the Raiders make their play trying to turn themselves, you know, you can't really even say it's the Patriots West 
because you know you see these you see these trades and it's you know I don't know it it's going to be McDaniel's thing, uh, uh, but you know I, there was definitely an idea of what he wanted to do here. Uh, is it in the same vein as a Belichick team? I don't know, but they did have an idea, and they definitely are following through with it. They also then turned around and re-signed Derek Carr, which is a contract. I, you know what? Talk about the contract real quick here, because we talked about Watson earlier. So, on top of all these signings that the Raiders make, they turn around and then they sign Carr to a big deal, right? And so, here's the deal that they end up giving Carr. They give Carr, who's 31 years old, three years, $121 million, with a guarantee of $65 million. So half of the contract is guaranteed. Did he get to swim in it like Deshaun Watson? No. Granted, Derek Carr is not a premier Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not great, but he's not terrible. You know, he's kind of like an Eli Manning without the, without the championships. Right? How can you take away the championships from Eli, you fucking asshole? I, look... Championships are what they are. Those two Super Bowl titles that the Giants won, and as a Giant fan, I'll be forever thankful for them and enjoy them thoroughly. However, those two Super Bowls were the biggest March Madness hot team Super Bowl streaks I've ever seen. Um, even more so than the, the Rams who got hot this year here and, and won the Super Bowl. But, um, you know... I. I just think that Super Bowls are not overly reflective of the quarterback, except for when they get the chance to be in that game. And so take those away, and I just think that Carr and Manning have a lot of tangibility uh, between their uh, their performances. But anyway, so Derek Carr, 31. They give him three years, 121, like I said, plus 65 guaranteed. Deshaun Watson made $230 million on his deal. He has played in the league five years, of which he wasn't in the league last year, and he didn't start until midway through his rookie year. So he's got really three years under his belt, and they handed over $230 million to him guaranteed. By the time he's done of his 10th season, he will have made $281 million. At the end of Derek Carr's 12th season, Carr will have made $251 million. So Watson, at the end of his 10 years, will have made $30 million more than Carr at the end of his 12 years. And Carr has played, or will play, for a majority of those 12 seasons. If he does end up playing, you know, for the the rest of this contract, three years. And so it just goes to show you, I mean, Cleveland really handed over, uh, you know, the farm here to Watson, all based on potential. And it's very much reflective of the era we live in with evaluations anywhere. Uh, you, You could go to the stock market for instance, well, maybe not, not the stock market now, because the stock market's taken a big, gigantic shot in the gut. I mean, that has been a terrible breakdown if you've ever seen one, and it's not getting any better, right? But that whole thing was built up by evaluation, 
much like this Deshaun Watson deal is. Uh, you know, Derek Carr, on the flip side, if he plays and performs, he's already played eight years, right? And I don't think he plays his, that front year on his first, but whatever, eight seasons. And so if you take his contracts out to 10 seasons, this is where you want to do the comparison, and it's a little nutty is that at the end of Derek Carr's 10th season, he will have earned $168.5 million, right? Or no, $168,500,000. Yeah, I said it right, one sixty-eight and a half. At the end of 10. At the end of 10, Watson's going to make two eighty-one. So he will have made $120 million more dollars than Derek Carr for the same term of, term of service. Minus the year that he missed. I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen to Watson. But in five years, will he be $120 million more than Derek Carr? I mean, it's, it's tough to imagine that that is the case. But anyway, that is where we uh, are here in 2022. So, um, all right. So, off of the, uh, the Raiders here. So, the Raiders made all those signings. Next big player that fell down in the uh, domino line was Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill, he gets pissed off because he wants his money. You know, obviously Adams got his, Hill wants his. Chiefs aren't going to give him that cash. So they decide to trade him. Dolphins come in. They say, look, Chiefs, we've got a ton of picks we want to hand over to you for the right to sign Tyreek Hill to monster money. So we will give you our, our 2022 first, second, and fourth pick. The first and the second are going to be the 29th and 50th overall in this year's draft. And then next year, we'll give you our fourth and our sixth. And then Chiefs said, you know what? No problem. You take them. Have fun signing them to Monster Money. Dolphins said, we're going to do that right now. So we're going to turn around and we are going to sign Hill to a four-year deal worth $120 million with 72 guaranteed. And 52 of that coming at signing. So they are going to take Hill. They had already picked up Cedric Wilson uh, in this offseason. They're going to put them with Jalen Waddell. Uh, they got uh, Mike Jacecki. They had franchise tagged him. So they're going to put all these weapons around Tyreek Hill. Then in the backfield, they're going to take Chase Edmonds, Raheem Moser. They're going to put those two there. And they're going to say, look, we are going offense, offense, and offense. McDaniel's just sitting there. He's giggling. He's super happy that he's got all these players. Now the question becomes, is Tua worth it? Because nobody really knows that answer. And that's the situation that there are several teams are in, is that they've got these quarterbacks and they just don't know if they're good enough. And without the quarterback, your team ain't shit. So the mission number one is to get quarterback. Mission number three is win Super Bowl, right? Uh, that's a reference back to the South Park underpant gnomes, right? Uh, step one. Get underpants. Step three, make money. Uh, step A, step C, whatever it is. You know, if you've seen it. Uh, anyway, if not, it's a great episode. Go watch it. Uh, underpant gnomes, so South Park. So there is no in in the middle step, though. They just go from A to C. Uh, and anyway, so they've got Hill, Wilson, Edmonds, and Mosert now, along with Jusecki and with Waddle. And so now they're going to see if Tua's got something behind him. But they also go ahead, they signed Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Emmanuel Agba. So they go, well, Emmanuel Agba is a re signing. 
So they go and they put all of this together here uh, for themselves. Miami, obviously, a big team of interest going into the season. Uh, Flip over to the Bills. The Bills went and they signed Von Miller. And they gave Von Miller monster money as well. The Von Miller contract, when you pull it up, ended up being one of the larger ones. Six years, $120 million for... 51 at signing and 45, uh, sorry, 51 total and 45 at signing. So Von Miller at the age of 33 with, uh, you know, a couple of injuries in his past. He had a good year at the end of this year, uh, gets monster money to go over to Buffalo. And I was watching one, I forget, some Bill's Twitter account where they were going over all the things that Von Miller does that makes him worth it. uh, And they were showing him how he knows the, uh, you know, he knows the route. He's been in it so long. He knows what the tackles do, et cetera, et cetera. All fine and dandy. It's just a lot of money for a 33-year-old player who has had injury uh, passed in his most recent past. That's two pasts in a row. Uh, anyway, who's been banged up a little bit in the recent past. So they go out also. They get uh, Quan Jones, defensive tackle from Carolina. They get Tim Settle, defensive tackle from the football team, now the Commanders. Jordan Phillips, Roger Saffold. He was the guard at Tennessee. Uh uh, Greg Mance, uh, O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, so they go get the tight end. Jameson Crowder, Duke Johnson. So Bill's active in free agency as well. So now flip over to the Chargers. Now the Chargers went and got J.C. Jackson, who was arguably the best cornerback that was out there. And I'm, I don't know what was going on with New England because New England kind of refused to keep some of their talent this year. Now, reason probably is that they spent a ton ton of cash last year and so they were a little hamstrung this year in terms of what they have but they let JC JC Jackson walk and the Chargers hopped in there and had no problem signing him. They also turned around and then traded for Khalil Mack. They gave up a 2022 second rounder and 2023 sixth rounder and to be completely honest I know that Khalil Mack is a stud player and I was a huge fan of him when he first came in the league Maybe something happened out in Chicago. Maybe it didn't. But the past couple of years for Khalil Mack have not been fantastic. And to be honest, for Chicago to get a second-round pick plus a six-round pick and dump that contract, maybe he turns it up in in, uh, Los Angeles. Maybe not. I don't know. But I thought it was a good score for the Bears, and I thought it was a nice opportunity for Mack to get out of a shitbox franchise uh, member club sorry into a good situation where you know maybe he has a chance to run out his career here and make a push to the Super Bowl so on top of Mack and Jackson, they also went out. They got Sebastian Joseph, uh, D-tackle from the Rams. They got Austin Johnson, nice D-tackle for the Giants. Uh, Gerald Everett, so they got him. He's a tight end from Seattle. Uh, the Broncos went out. Uh, uh, the Broncos went out. They got um, Mike Williams. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Before we get to the Broncos, uh, Mike Williams also. They re-signed for the Chargers. So that was, I you know, I don't know. I guess needed to re-sign Mike Williams. He had a nice year this year. 
I don't know if he'll repeat it, but look, he came through. Um, they need that kind of presence along with the other players they have in order for Herbert to be good. You know, you, you got to have more than one wide receiver out there. And so they're going to put Williams out there now that he had a significant year this year. So anyway, um, as I am fumbling here, let's go to the Broncos. Broncos went and signed Randy Gregory. We know that that was the crazy reneg situation with Dallas. He's, he was going to go there, and then he wasn't. He went to Broncos instead. They also went out DJ Jones, defensive tackle, so they're going to help out their line there. They got Quan Williams, cornerback from San Francisco, Tom Compton, the guard from San Francisco. And so that was the moves Broncos made. Flipping over to the Ravens, they only made one big move. That was on the defensive side of the ball as well. Marcus Williams, they got him the free safety from New Orleans. Uh, the 49ers ended up picking up Chavarius Ward from the Chiefs. And then Justin Reed went to the Chiefs. He went to the Chiefs from Houston. Um, now, offensively, there was a couple of things that hit. Allen Robinson, you know, I don't know what to make of Allen Robinson. He was really good uh, when he was in Jacksonville. He went to Chicago at okay year, then all of a sudden he was bad last year, or bad this year, uh, in a contract year nonetheless, but he still went out to the Rams and ended up getting paid. Um, you know, at first I was like, what's that going to mean for OBJ? Maybe there's no OBJ with Woods, and uh, but ultimately what ended up happening was they ended up flipping Woods. So Woods goes to the Titans for the 2023 six-round pick. So, I, you know, again, Robinson for big money or Woods for a six-round pick. Probably taking Woods. Obviously, they think that there's some potential left in Robinson and that this year in Chicago was not reflective of his talent, but was more reflective of the shit situation that he was in. And maybe so. But with Woods gone, that means that they'll have Cup and Robinson and probably room for OBJ should they want to sign him for money and OBJ agree to whatever the contract terms are. Uh, flip over to Kansas City. They went and they got Juju and MVS. They're going to try to replace Tyreek Hill. Uh, who obviously left. We just talked about him. And then the last big-name uh, quarterback, a big name to go was a quarterback, and that was Mitch Trubisky. He ended up going to Pittsburgh. So we'll see if he ends up being the, the starting quarterback uh, out there for Steeltown. Or maybe they go out and get somebody in the first round here. I, you know, who the hell knows. But Trubisky ends up, he could have went to a lot of places. I was surprised that he got so much talk. But ultimately, he ended up going to Pittsburgh. So then we had signings from the same teams. Tom Brady... He went back to the Bucks. Obviously, that was the big deal. Basically, for all of uh, whatever free agency. I mean, you had these big monster contracts, but Tom Brady unretiring was probably the the bigger uh, story of all of them. And then, obviously, that had repercussions too because out goes uh, the shit face Arians. You know, I shouldn't say he didn't do nothing wrong. He just got a, he got a really red face. Got to get out of the sun. But uh, he ends up leaving, and then Bowles comes in. <laughs> you want to talk about the, the absolute nightmare scenario for the Bucks. No offense. Todd Bowles is not a fantastic co- coach. He is not. He might be a great, great coordinator, but a coach, ah, he is not. Uh, maybe he proves it differently here on the second go-round, right? Everybody gets a second chance, but man, it was not a good showing in New York. Granted, New York did not have the talent that he has down there in Tampa Bay. So we'll see what happens with the Bucks. But Brady comes back, and then all of a sudden they go down the you know, the list here, signing off everybody they need to. Godwin, they franchise him, and then they sign him to a long-term deal. 
Fournette they bring back, Ryan Jensen they bring back, Russell Gage they sign from Atlanta, Carlton Davis. Uh, then let's go to other players that stayed in the same place, Aaron Rodgers. He stayed in Green Bay, got paid. Matthew Stafford, he stayed with the Rams, got paid. Derek Carr, he resigned with the uh, Raiders, he got paid. Kirk Cousin redid his deal, he got paid. Harold Landry, you know, look, Harold Landry, nice player. It, he got paid, though, goddamn. Uh, DeForest Buckner, he got paid. Uh, DJ Moore, another one. Wide receivers with his money. And we'll talk about that in the final down, too, the wide receiver situation. But uh, DJ Moore got paid. And then Michael Gallup, he stayed uh, with the uh, with the Cowboys, which you knew something was going to happen. I thought he was going to be gone. They were talking about him being gone. And then once they dealt Cooper, that obviously meant that they needed to keep some talent because they lost Cedric Wilson as well to Miami. So they turned around and they re-signed Gallup uh, to a longer deal. So... Um, that is it for all the player movement. I mean, that's it. It's 43 minutes into this thing. Uh, however, but that was everything that happened with players flying around free agency. Let's check out some of the team items as it related to what has happened so far in the 2022 NFL season. Second down. Second down. And if you want to start, we got to start one place, and that is down in Jacksonville because Trent Balky has got to be the most hated GM in the NFL right now, at least by the given franchi- uh, franchise fan base because he just went on a fucking spending spree that made no sense whatsoever. Uh, Christian Kirk, Scherf, Aluakin. God, I'll say it eventually. Aluakin. Uh Darius Williams, uh, Fat Fat Ukasa, Fat Ukasa. I think I pronounced it right. Anyway, uh, from uh, the Jets, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. I butchered three of those names. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I I'm ultimately going to get Foye Aluakin's name correct. Aluakin. I'm doing phonetics on the fucking podcast. There's nothing people love more than you know doing actual. Sp- Speaking it out phonetics on a podcast. I mean, it's, it's, um, oh, they stink. Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, Leroy I got nothing else to say there. So, anyway, so Balky goes on, he goes on the spending screen, he gets all these guys. I, we have seen this play out year after year after year. These spending sprees never result in positive results, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. But the Jags are going to do so here. So they went out and they threw money out the window. Maybe this does something. But, uh, you know, Peterson said, you know, we're not going to go out and we're going to spend this every year. But this will build to our foundation and blah, 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 blah. Jack fans were like, give him a fucking break. This is ridiculous. Uh, we don't even know how we have a goddamn football team, much less one that just sucks so bad. It's like crazy. Um, Usually when you see nothing against Jacksonville, I don't know anything about it, Uh, but when you see a small market get uh, you know, such a big thing like a, an NFL team. Y- usually, the the karma is is that the the team's good or something, right? Like that, that's what's funny about it. It's like, ah, oh, why are they so good? And they're in that small little town. But here, you have a team that is just awful in a small little town. Everything about the whole situation uh, could be better. So uh, we'll flip over to Cincinnati. Cincinnati addressed their line. Obviously, in the Super Bowl, you saw that uh, Mr. Burrow was getting smashed up left and right constantly, and so he ends up getting. 
a little help on the line. They signed Alex Kappa. They signed Ted Karras, Lel Collins. Then the, on the defensive side, they re-signed B.J. Hill, Eli Apple. Although nobody in Cincinnati wants Eli Apple, but they re-signed him. Josh Tupou. Tupou. Uh, Hayden Hurst, uh, they grabbed him. Uh, he didn't, you know, obviously Hayden Hurst went from uh, Baltimore over to Atlanta. Didn't work out. And then now that Atlanta obviously doesn't need him. So they ended up flipping him down to Cincinnati. Panthers ended up spending some dough as well. DJ Moore, I mentioned it before, they re-signed him for monster money. And what was the total on DJ Moore? I will tell you right now. It was... Three years for $61 million with 41 guaranteed. So that was that nice little extension at 24 years old, getting paid earlier in his career, which is a benefit, which is what everybody's trying to do right now. And that obviously is the item I was referencing earlier. We'll talk about it in fourth down. So they got DJ Moore in Carolina, Dante Jackson, the cornerback, Robbie Anderson they re-signed, Austin Corbett, uh, the guard, Ian Thomas, Xavier Woods. So the Panthers went out, and they ended up uh, trying to do themselves some justice on some roster additions. Jets were actually rather active, right, which is kind of weird. you got a quarterback, unproven, you know, a team in flux, and to go out and be rather aggressive with some of these free agencies isn't something that you always see. I mean, obviously you saw it here with Jacksonville, but you're seeing it with uh, New York Jets as well. They go out, get Lakin Tomlinson, the guard from San Francisco. DJ Reed, they'll bring him in to play safety. They also grabbed Jordan Whitehead off of the Buccaneers to play safety. Uh, They got two tight ends, C.J. Uzma and then Tyler Conklin. Uh, Uzama, sorry. Uh, Jake Martin at outside linebacker, and then they re-signed Braxton Berrios, and they actually got a decent deal with Braxton Berrios. So the Jets were uh, active in the pot of free agency. And the Lions and the Texans, they signed their guys. Those two member clubs right now are going to be doing what they want to do. And they have a firm belief that the plan they have laid out will bear fruit, given that they just keep following it along. And so with Detroit, that is our guys with this mentality. And with the Houston, it is long-term, you know, looking down the road and getting draft picks and trying to turn that into something and signing people to play now so that they can feel the team. And so that was what Houston is going to be doing going forward. So the Texans and Lions, I, you know, I signed, quote-unquote, their guys because that's what ended up happening. Now, some of these other teams we already talked about, right? So the Raiders, they started their transition into, you know, whatever you want to call it, the McDaniels team, or if you want to call it Patriots West. You know, you had a Patriots South down there in Miami, but then that blew up, obviously, with a, with a terrible event that happened. Uh, and now is we have a lawsuit on our hands. Uh, Raiders, anyway, uh, where was I? That's right, uh, the Patriots West. So the Raiders doing their thing out there. Chargers decided to rework their defense, right? So they got Herbert, they've got offense, they are happy on that side of the ball, and they're going to now rework this defense to get something complimentary to try to make a, a run here while they've got Herbert under that rookie comfort, uh, rookie contract. Dolphins, obviously, we talked about them already. They loaded up on offense. They're going to try to do the same thing that the Chargers did. You've got a rookie, under, a rookie quarterback under their deal, and you're going to try to pepper the talent around them uh, both sides of the ball obviously to make a push if you can because once that that quarterback that 
contract becomes due, uh, you know, it, it's gets to be rather expensive. And so the idea, as everybody has talked about on podcasts from coast to coast, is that, you know, you get a quarterback, you get him under con- his rookie deal, he's good, and then you try to get the other players until you got to re-sign that quarterback and, you know, you lose out on that cap space. So uh, Vikings, they added some key defensive players. I don't know if it'll be enough to overcome the Kirk, con- the Kirk Cousins situation uh, and now a Kirk Cousins contract, which he re-signed, but they had to bring the cap numbers down. But they go out, they sign Zadarius Smith, they grab Harrison Phillips, and and Jordan Hicks. And then finally the KC, right? KC begins their pivot. The question becomes, had the old blueprint failed? You know, was Tyree Kale on the verge of going downhill? They know, knew it. Nobody else knew it. They saw in they saw in tape, you know, the tape room that what they were trying to run had been successfully countered, two deeps, all the rest of it, and... It was just time to move on, and it was time to rethink the blueprint and see what we can do because we do have Pat Mahomes under center, and that's what really matters. And so the question is, did they just see something nobody else did, and they have a new system they're looking to embrace, and Tyreek Hill was worth more to them as a series of picks than he was a player on the field. And so now we're going to get to see Pat Mahomes in you know career leg number two. Because gone are going to be the days of chucking it downfield to Tyreek Hill. He's not going to. I mean, unless they get somebody in this draft here, but they are not going to have uh, the cheetah on their roster this year to bail them out. And look, they don't get past the Bills without that cheetah play. So, you know, going back to Odell Beckham's first couple of years with the Giants, because if you remember him in those couple of years, he was good for like three wins. He really was. OBJ, granted, he has just fallen off a cliff now, which is unfortunate, but he in his prime was such a difference maker. And Tyreek Hill ended up being a similar player because, you know, the old Raiders motto, speed kills. And boy, Hill had it. Um, And now, you know, that's not going to be there for the Chiefs, so there's going to have to be a new uh, approach there in Kansas City, and obviously they would have already thought about that if they, you know, were willing to deal Hill the way they did. So um, those are the team items. We'll flip over and attack themes through the NFL uh, before that. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, this is like sometimes, Rich. It just goes all down. But anyway, now that we've talked about the team items, we're talking about the league thematic items uh, in third down here. Third down. And it's easy to start in a specific spot, and that's in the AFC because it is loaded. The AFC is just so beyond this year. It's going to be funny to see if it does play out that way. Obviously, there's so many things that happen. In a given NFL year, you have big injuries in training camp or earlier in the year that affect um, you know, the teams unforeseeable You know, right now. However, the AFC is loaded. The AFC West, they have four teams that are just tits at this point. You have Russell Wilson coming over and being the quarterback for the Broncos. That 
repairs, a huge hole on that roster. You had Devontae Adams coming over to the Raiders, giving them a gigantic, I was going to say colossal again, going to give them their number one target on the offense. Chargers, they redo that defense, right? They just trade for Mac. They grab J.C. Jackson. They make moves. And they already had the offense, so now they're trying to fix it on defense. And then you have KC, and KC is basically Pat Mahomes and then the team that Andy Reid wants to put around them. But that is a good enough team. Uh, you know, granted, it, it didn't work out for them this year, but, you know, over the past three years stretch, they, they've had a phenomenal run. And so I don't know if just a single singular loss of Tyreek Hill is going to impact that. So I thinking that they are going to be as loaded as as the rest of the teams are here in the AFC West. Then you also have the Dolphins with everything that they did to their roster. You have the Bills who are just coming back, re, reloading, and adding more to that roster. You have the Bengals with an offensive line that's actually respectable now. You have the Browns who have Deshaun Watson. We will see if Watson actually ends up playing this year. He may or may not. If he does, then the Browns have a quarterback that is probably better than than Baker Mayfield. I mean, I, I say probably. You don't really know until you see him play. Uh, likely is probably the better word. Um, you have Indianapolis with Matt Ryan. I mean, Ryan can't be as bad as Carson Wentz last is last year. I mean, those are the last words before all of a sudden it's just like, ah, boom. But, um, so Indianapolis has Matt Ryan, so they're better. Pats, they're in year two with Mac Jones. And then you have Tennessee, who are going to get Derrick Henry back and healthy this year. So, the AFC has got a ton. NFC got worse. The Bucks lost players. Uh, you know, you had a, the offensive line lost some players. Defense lost some players. Uh, you know, you have question mark about Gronkowski. O.J. Howard took off. The Packers got worse. The Packers obviously lost Devontae Adams, and they've got to replace him. Who is that going to be? Who knows? But they did lose him. They also lost Darius Smith. So, you know, the Packers take a, a shot in the arm. The Cowboys are not as good. They lose Amari Cooper. Um, you know, they lost Randy Gregory. So they lost some players. The Rams, I don't think they were as good by, you know, lack of addition. They really didn't. They, they flip-flopped Woods with, uh, we just talked about this, Woods with Robinson. But other than that, they didn't really add much to the team. So the fact that they were lucky to get away with that Super Bowl win because that could have went uh, a very different way there toward the end of the game. Uh, it could have went a different way in their favor as well if OBJ never got injured. But um, So the Rams, I, I don't think that they got better. So by not getting better, I think they got worse. Seahawks obviously got worse. They lost their quarterback. 49ers are going to get worse because they're going to lose Debo Samuel here pretty soon um, unless they can they, they decide to pay him and keep him happy. But it does not sound that that is in the cards in San Francisco. Um, you know, there's been heavy activity based on short windows. This has been a theme for quite a while now. I, at least five years, maybe pushing on closer to 10. But you have teams that are close, and they just decide, you know, we're going to put it all in all, all on the table. We're going to put every, all our eggs in one basket. We're going to put it all around, push our chips in the middle of the table, and we're going to swing for it. You know, so you got Buffalo picking up somebody like Devon, Mil, Von, Devon. 
picking up Von Miller. You have Cleveland making that play for quarterbacks. You've got Denver making the trade for Wilson. You have the Chargers and everything they did on the defensive side of the ball. You have the Raiders grabbing Devontae Adams uh, and all the other moves they made. You have the the Dolphins, which we talked about, making that trade. Uh, so you have a ton, a ton of teams that are embracing the short window strategy where you think you're close enough you got to go for it and you got to see if you can you know reach the promising land um you know i don't know if it's the best of approaches it's obviously an approach that is more acceptable if you are closest you know so like a buffalo signing von miller i get that i get that move right there Cleveland with Deshaun Watson, I understand that if they need to get the quarterback. Um, you know, the Raiders in their moves, I'm not as sold on because I, I thought you would want to wait one year, get in there, and see what you got in your system before you went and spent a ton of money um, before you, you know what you had. Uh, but that wasn't the case there in... Uh, Vegas and then Dolphins kind of similar to the Raiders you know that they, they make that big play for Tyreek Hill I, you know running uh, not running backs wide receivers rarely work as the big signing uh, for an, an offseason I, I mean sometimes it does but not usually uh, we will see what happens with Tyreek Hill uh, a couple other themes, running backs and in, in linebackers, I, they're just dead positions. If you're a linebacker and you can't rush the quarterback, I, you know, you are as good as a running back right now. And you look at the deals that went right, you know, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny, uh, Cordell Patterson, McKissick, you know, these guys, I mean, they got nothing. They got nothing. And from, you know, the inside linebacker standpoint, you know, not rushing. The, Miles Jack got cut. Then he got re-signed. Uh, Foye Alawukin, uh, Josie Joel, Jordan Hicks. I mean, none of these were big money signings because the position itself is just kind of dead in the water. Yeah, you're needed out there, but you the linebacker position – Needs to have the ability to rush the passer or cover in, you know, in, in pass cover, cover in pass coverage, or you know, have pass coverage ability in order to play. The big thumping, run stopping inside linebackers, those days seem to be in the rearview mirror. Uh, much to the chagrin of many great players, but it just looks like that is the case. You better rush the passer or cover the pass. Uh, if you're going to be a line inside linebacker here or any kind of linebacker uh, in the NFL. And then the last thing to mention here in terms of themes were the, the renegs. It was crazy what happened this year. I, you know, I'm sure obviously it happens from time to time. And I went back and I was trying to find, I couldn't find any other postseason that had the same kind of rotation here with these signings turning into negated signings and signings with other teams. Randy Gregory, J.D. McKissett, Sedaria Smith, all of these guys were going one way, and then all of a sudden it changed. And look, a contract's not a contract until it's signed and the ink is dry, so this could happen at any time. I just don't remember and couldn't find you know, other items where... Uh, you know, other years where you saw such volume of that. You got, I mean, three decent players. Randy Gregory, you know, Zaria Smith, and McKissick. McKissick, what's funny is 
he's older, but he had a phenomenal year, I thought, watching him play for the football team, now Commanders. Um, and so I thought when I saw that blurb that he went to Buffalo, it was such a good move for Buffalo. It was one of the things that they sorely needed was a player like that. And sure enough, all of a sudden when I read that he wasn't going there, I, I was like, man, they're going to be pissed. And I don't know, why would you want to, you know, not go to Buffalo? <laughs> you know, the team's going to be the fucking great this year. And I couldn't figure it out, but he decided not to. Decided it wasn't for him. And as soon as I uh, saw that, I just said, man, that's just, that's really unfortunate. So anyway, um, those renegs, I mean, maybe you'll see that in years going forward. Who knows? It really is just the simple fact that the the year doesn't really start until Wednesday, even though they allow people to start announcing everything on Monday. So, again, wait for the ink to dry before you announce it. But um, you could definitely see, you know, more and more of these coming up. Because you might have something now where if people don't care about the business etiquette of it, where, you know, you announce on Monday you're signing somebody, and then for the next two days all you do is assault that said player to come and play with you, and we'll give you more money. And, you know, until you have the contract, what does it matter? It doesn't. So anyway, um, that'll leave us with fourth down, and that'll be where we're left now that all of the dust has settled and we're getting into the draft. Fourth down. And basically what you have is a a tale of have and have-nots, right? And you have teams in the have. AFC, you got the Bills, Bengals, KC, Chargers, Raiders, Dolphins, Broncos. In the NFC, you got the Rams, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys. And then you have the have-nots. And the AFC, Texans and Jags. I mean, come on. Maybe the Jags are a year or two away because they've added all these people, but I can't see it. And then in the NFC, Atlanta, Bears, Lions, Giants, all those teams. Hot garbage. I'm sorry. So, you know, you have the haves and the have-nots. If you're one of the teams in the middle, maybe you can make a push. You know, Baltimore's not there. Baltimore is an intriguing team. Um, There are a couple other ones, but that's what you have right now with the NFL. And then you also have the item of the player empowerment era, and is it upon us? Uh, Upon us? Upon us. Uh, Because that's all you've heard about this summer when all of these trades were being made and all the wide receivers were trying to push their way out so they could get paid. And I, it's not equivalent to the NFL player empowerment era because you're just not going to see that. To me, what you're seeing is key contracts emerging at similar times, right? That, that's what's causing this rotation, Quarterbacks, look, they work until they don't, right? The quarterback comes, you sign to a contract, you sign another contract, everything's all good until they're not good anymore, right? So you also have players that play past their rookie contract always fall the risk of drop-off, right? So you have them, they're good, they're on their second deal, and then you start getting a little nervous because that second contract gets into later years. And players that are 28 years or older, especially at any speed position, speed position, are just in the danger zone. 
They could fall off tomorrow. I mean, 30 was a big hump to get over in the NFL. And if you were good past 30, I mean, it was pretty, something pretty special. Now take the quarterbacks out of that and just play this like the speed positions. Just, it, it doesn't really... It, it, you don't really see it. You don't see a 33, 34-year-old you know, wide receiver just kicking ass and tearing up and down the field. You just don't do it. So, you know, to me, you have key contracts that emerge at similar times. And because the quarterbacks work until they don't, because you have players that, you know, pass a rookie contract or get getting hurt and 28-year-olds that drop down, you're going to see plays like this. And you're going to see teams that try to lock up these players because they need them. Because windows are short. And so that's what's causing the movement. The other part that's adding to the movement, and I don't know if any of that made sense. But, I, you know, let's just say in summation, key contracts emerging at similar times. And that that is what creates one of the root causes of the players moving around like they are now. The other one, let's say, is the uh, Le'Veon Bell effect. That's still lingering, right? Bellerfly, let's call it that, right? Not Butterfly, Bellerfly. (laughs) Rich, you're so fucking funny. Yeah, I know. I'll be here all week. Um, But the Bell effect still lingers in the NFL. And what is the Bell effect? Well, look, Le'Veon Bell came into the league on his rookie contract, tore it up, was a phenomenal player, and... MVP, arguably MVP for the Steelers during that run, at least for a couple of years there. Got franchised, franchised, kept signing it because he had no choice, never wanted to do it, decided to take off an entire year, never played the same again. Got a little bit of money from the Jets, but, I mean, he lost his whole legacy. I mean, he was so good. Now he feels old, beat up, and terrible. And you forget that... The year that he, the year before he walked away, he was so good. He was so good. And the point is that football careers are short. And if you're Le'Veon Bell, you got screwed by the franchise system because you were a running back. And it makes more sense for the team to just franchise you than pay you a big monster contract. Because ultimately, they can spend that money elsewhere, right? And so, after Le'Veon Bell had his episode take place, what you saw was everybody trying to figure out, beginning with the running back position, how do I get tomorrow's money today? How do I do that? How do I force the hand of the other team or the team I'm on to give me my money now, let's say after year three? I got to get it before year four, right? That's tomorrow's money today. I put in three years, re-sign me to a contract because I know at the end of four, you're going to take my fifth and then I'm at the risk of getting franchised. So you know what? Now... After the third year is when you go for the cash. You saw that with Ezekiel Elliott. And then McCaffrey, I think, got paid after that. That, as a Giant fan, scared me shitless because I thought that that same thing was going to happen with Saquon Barkley. But we've been fortunate enough that it hasn't, right? 
and because he's been injured, so he can't command shit. But it is happening right now in San Francisco because Debo Samuel has turned around, and Debo is like, look, I want to get paid. I got us to the Super Bowl. You're not going to give me my money, so you know, get me the fuck out of here. And Devontae Adams, he wanted his payday. Tyreek Hill, he wanted his payday. That's what you're seeing. It's not the player empowerment era. It's the players that want big monster contracts and the team saying, you know what, you can get it. You're just not getting it from us. And I don't know if that's necessarily player empowerment. Uh, that's what people are talking about. I just don't see it. I, I just see this as a, a contract situations where the, the player knows that they could fall off. So they want their money now because who the hell wouldn't? And then teams just being forced to accept, you know, whether or not they can deal with that or not. Now with Debo, I'm sorry. I am not signing him. He is under contract. And I am not paying him out until after he's done with the fourth. And after he's done with the fourth, I could take the fifth if I want to, depending on how his year played out. But now you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me you don't want to, you know, play for my team and you want me to trade you just because you want money and I don't want to give it to you, you know, the world doesn't work like this. You can't just pick and choose when your contract is going to expire or when it's due for a renegotiation. You could request it. You could talk about it. Maybe the team decides, you know what, you're in the right. But this whole, you know, I'm going to sit out now. Okay. You know, you're just, I'm not throwing bad money after bad money. You know, rookie contracts are good money. The monster resignings are bad money. And so what you're seeing now and the movement, especially with the big-name players, I, to me is just a result of the fact that these players want tomorrow's money today, right? So, And, and other pieces, relative value, right? Quarterbacks will always domin- dominate the contracts, that is as will premier tackles and pass rushers, right? They'll always dominate contract negotiations because they have relative value, right? They, they Their position adds more to the success of the organization than your kicker. Sorry. It's just the way that it is. And in the same vein, what you've seen is running backs have flamed out completely. You know, they were big shit forever, and the Le'Veon Bell was the tipping point. And we're on the other side of that now, and now the offenses have changed, and the cap strategy has changed. Your running backs are gone. They're just not valued at all the way that they were. And now the question becomes, are the wide receivers next? Because... The truth is, if Debo Samuel wants to get traded after his third year, and you just saw Tyreek Hill get paid at 28 years old, and Devontae Adams get paid at 29 and 30 years old, you're going to have to sit back and look at the performance of Christian Kirk, let's throw him in there, and look at the results of these players after they sign these deals to decide, do we really want to go down this road? Do we really want to just start signing wide receivers to monster contracts whenever they choose to on top of, you know, free agency? Is Does any of that make sense? 
I get quarterbacks. I get tackles. I get pass rushers. Wide receivers, really? Really? That's what we need? We need to pay these guys out that much money? I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. And I think that we've reached a point with these contracts. And when you look at them, Tyreek Hill, $120 million. Devontae Adams, 140. DJ Moore, $62 million on the extension. Chris Godwin, 60 mil. Christian Kirk, 72 mil. Allen Robinson, 46. Allen Robinson, 29, had a shit year. Got three years, 46 million, with 30 of it guaranteed. Robbie Anderson, two year, 20, two year, $30 million deal. I mean, look at these, look at this money. And I know it, it, you want to go by the guarantees, I, I get it. But still, Hill, 72. Guaranteed. Devontae Adams, 65. DJ Moore, 41. Chris Godwin, 40. Christian Kirk, 37. Allen Robinson, 30. I mean, you're handing these guys big guarantees and then even bigger numbers on the back end. And so I just don't know if that position is ultimately worth it. I would imagine that seeing the way, the trajectory of these wide receiver contracts that the general managers have already thought down these lines and are trying to assess whether or not they want to continue on paying these guys the way that they do. So anyway, um, going back to fourth down here, that was really the last thing that I wanted to talk about was that dawn of the player empowerment era because I just don't agree with the opinions that are out there right now that this is the beginning of the end of the member club era. And players are going to, you know, just run the show now. You're going to see a little of it, for sure, because you're going to see players that ultimately want to go to some team or want their money now or whatever it is. And if they're in the right contractual position, they can just make a stink. But, you know, the only way that their play works is if there's another team, wherever they want to go, that's willing to hand out assets for those services. And so if there's no teams that are willing to play ball, then it doesn't matter what you want to do. There is no player empowerment. You can't just make a stink and say, I want to go somewhere and have the team expect the team to trade you for pennies on the dollar if that's what it takes just to get you out of town. That ain't happening. It's not happening. So anyway, um, wrapping it up there, that is where we stand uh, going into tonight's draft. Wow, I can't believe it's here, but it is. So we've got the first round of the draft coming up. ESPN, ABC, NFL Network, 8 p.m. Good luck to you and your teams. Uh, Giants picking uh, fifth and seventh or something like that. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah, they got uh, fifth and seventh, I think. Uh, wherever your teams are picking, some teams, sorry, Bears, not picking at all. So you, you got nothing to watch tomorrow night, uh, nor do uh, some of these other teams. But uh, if your team does, I hope you get the player that you want, that your little heart it adores, deserves, whatever it is. But uh, the one that you're looking at. And if you don't, then I hope you get a player that's good at least, right? Uh, you know, hopefully there'll be some funny things that happen. Probably not with somebody like Roger Goodell at the helm, but. Uh, you know, you never know. So, anyway, hour and uh, something into this, and we'll put a pin in it and pick it up next, and I will, you know, I'm going to tell you again that I'm going to come back sooner rather than later, and then you won't hear from me for four weeks. So, with that said, peace out. <laughs>